don't even know where to look anymore. But how you feeling, Ellie? I'm feeling very good. Yeah. Well, a little, a little tired, but good. Is there a difference between being like, is there like a, I know people say like, oh, I'm a good tired though. Like what's, what's a good tired? Yeah. It's like a good tired is when like you've been busy doing things that feel nourishing and productive, you know, when you're exhausted, but it's like, it's like a post-workout. You just, you did all this work. I'm exhausted, but it was worth it. <laughs> I did all this work. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cooking. But I feel good afterwards, but I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go take this nap. You ever, you, when's the last time you felt exhausted where your body feels heavy? Um, this week, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my body usually gets tired before my mind, though. Yeah, so my mind will keep going and, like, want to problem solve or do more work. And my body's like, bro, can we just... Can you relax? Can you... Yes. Can you just watch some Netflix? You know something I feel like we need to retire? I don't know how you feel about this. This is how I feel. I feel like we need to retire the phrase, how was work? Because mm. I feel like how was work is probably the most... Like, top ten, for me, annoying phrases. Mm. Why? Conversation filler... But it's also like, I just feel like the timing of it is always off. Like, <coughs> I hate when, like, example, if I get off work, if I just got off work and you ask me, oh, how's work? Valid. If it's, if I got off work at five and it's eight o'clock, you're like, oh, how's work? <laughs> like, I'm past that now <laughs> i'm so far removed that i don't even want to talk about it honestly mm. and then not to mention like it's also like the everyday like man listen i work at popeye's frying chicken why do you keep asking me how my day was at work <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to popeye's <laughs> i fried some more chicken yeah exactly. <laughs> like and that's all that's where i was getting to at first because i was like i don't know if it's the question itself but i just think i just think it's like I think it's the fact that I'm doing a meager job. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm working a job where I'm doing different projects, you're like, how's work? Okay. Yeah. But if I'm working and all I do is bag groceries, don't ask me how my day was. <laughs> you know what, mom? I had, a, I had a bag that had bananas, apples, and some croutons. It was the hardest bag I ever had to, like, you know, like, what, what do you want me to say? Yeah. It's not intense. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not thinking about it at all. I'm like, my mind's in somewhere else completely. I find people feel the same about when people ask, how are you? Are you? Yeah, like, how are you doing? Yeah. If they're not in a good place anyway. Or are they feeling like a, just a meh place consistently. But I love talking about my job. If you ask me, how, how is work? I feel like you have a... I have a lot to... Yeah, a lot of interesting things to talk about. Shifting, you making your own class work and... Yeah, my students keep things interesting too, so... I had a good <laughs> so. student... Mm -hmm. for me at least where i'm at right now if you're not asking me about my creative works mm. don't ask me about my job i'm a diesel maybe you I'm should just kid. start responding to like when people ask you how's work just respond with like how your creative work is going oh you meant my job job oh i don't consider it my job that is your job job no <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about them like oh you, you know you're talking about my job job oh yeah 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 no what I'm really working on right now is yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> what I'm really working on is this content. 
for the people out here. I'm weak. But are there, what? Oh, I was just gonna ask, are there any like jobs you like small jobs like kinda like small entry level jobs that you wish you would have done when you start first started working that you never did? Yep. I've always wanted to work retail. Really? Yes. Well you do like fashion and clothing. Yeah, Any particular stores? American Eagle. Like uh, not a Zoomies or anything like that. Cause like I never I never got the hype of Zoomies, but like, you know, like American Eagle. Like one there was always a part of me wanted to work at Barney's. You know, like, places like that where it's like like you know, like a polo, Ralph Lauren, Banana Republic. Clean crisp. Yeah, like like cool like stores that are con- that are actually like thinking about the the person. Mm-hmm. And making outfits for them, not like the places mm-hmm. that like are just like this brand has a, some clothes and this brand has some clothes. Let me just grab them all. Like not just the fast fashion places. Yeah, trash. Oh. I never could work at Forever Twenty One. Oh, that would have been my dream. Forever Twenty One. Forever Twenty One, or I don't know what, what's that place called Windsor. Um, where do I like right now? Oh, I love Abercrombie and Fitch. Fitch. Abercrombie's not bad though. Uh, that that's actually I think a place that's aged okay with the exception of their media uh scandals but their oh, history is actually pretty interesting what they um, do i'm always missing out with those people they had a lot of like over sexualized kids apparel like i think they sold a kid's thong and that they sold a thong for kids for like because the, they have abercrombie kids yeah they had <laughs> i know it's that got passed like well, they they Checks removed it very quickly. I hope <laughs> they removed it very quickly. I was thinking it's just a bikini bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and they also used to have issues with just like uh, sizeism and not having enough um, product available, and it was intentional um, for plus size um, shoppers. Mm. So, it is exclusive or exclusionary and over sexualizing and. Um, but I know that that particular CEO has, you know, left. And I also, the actual owner of, or like the creator of Abercrombie and Fitch has a really interesting story, which is for another episode. But I, I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things like <coughs> the artist and the art. Yeah. You know. I definitely get that because I'm a big fan of like Prada, Muichi Prada herself, because like she's really like like really really dope like even like because she's like a, she was like a feminist back when the feminist movies were like starting in like italy and stuff like that so she's like og feminist and like even like her having like pushback against like doing men's clothes and stuff like that it's just something about the person like the her and polo ralph lauren like ralph lauren himself like i get more in love with them and then like the brand comes secondary like oh okay the brand makes more sense mm-hmm. mm. versus the opposite where like all oh, their clothes are amazing oh they're all so dope oh Man, I, I, you know what? With Abercrombie, it's like partly not. It's like I think the story of the company is interesting, but for me, it really is just the clothes. Yeah. Like <laughs> the quality of the clothes is good. I'm also a petite person, so I like being able to find clothes that are complementary to my shape. And I know, I know, you can find like smaller sizes universally, but petite Cuts. people are not made universally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm one of them. So. I have a really short waist. <laughs> so, <laughs> what does that uh, mean? It's like 
I have really long legs, so I can wear regular petite sizes, but also sometimes um, like regular sizes can be too long. Or sometimes I need like a petite long because of I have long legs. It depends on like what it is I'm shopping for, like a skirt versus like, you know, I might want a longer skirt, but a petite size two versus a regular regular size two versus a tall size two, all those lengths are going to hit differently. So it just depends on like the material, like what it is I'm trying to buy and how I want it to fit. Not, not to, I never, I never thought about it like that. I mean, <laughs> as someone who is like tall, but also very long, like tall, but not big, mm-hmm. I definitely get it where it's like you wear a large and that's like the size I need as far as like my weight, but like lengthwise I need to exhale. And it's like, why y'all discriminating? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what? all small people are not short. Like, I'm also, like, I'm I'm six foot two, but I wear 12. I mean, that's a, I think that's a fair size. Yeah, I, I Usually mean, I don't know. people my height are wearing, like, 15s and stuff like that. I'm like, I wear a little 12. That's, like, a regular average shoe, sh- shoe size for <laughs> men, isn't it? When I worked at a shoe store, actually, that was, like, the largest size that we sold. Yeah. And after that, it's, like, special, maybe 13s. Special order. Yeah, I think, I think after that it's special order yeah sometimes i'll wear a 13 if i have to i think vans i wear 13 crocs i wear what does that say at the bottom those are crocs oh okay okay anyway this is not yeah what what are we here for i got you all i got us both all off (laughs) off topic (laughs) sorry welcome guys to the special friends podcast it's your boy, Woozy, back at it again with my friend, Allie B. Allie B. A- A.K.A. Professor B. A.K.A. Professor B. Yeah. <laughs> and we're here for another episode. Um, it's been a crazy week, honestly. Allie told me she had a crazy week. I'm not going to tell you guys how crazy my week was, but, you know, I'm just glad to be back. Glad to be here. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we made it. Yeah, we... We made it. That's later. Just the bet. We made it. Still trying to make it. Still trying to get through. Still <laughs> but, lots to do. <laughs> but um, we got. I guess it's kind of a theme today. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. It's like a, gonna, you guys are gonna notice like a little bit of a theme today as I'm looking over my notes. Um, yeah, we got some stuff to top and in, touch into. But before I got into all that. I wanted to ask you, because obviously with the with the week being busy, um, the most important thing is like being mindful. Mm-hmm. So while I close this door, I want you to tell me like what's some mindful practices that you do to help you when you have some more of the busier weeks. Mm. What are some of the things I do? Well, I mean, for me, it's really like. I love music, so I will take time to either play with my instruments. I have a bunch of instruments. I have like sound bowls, and well, I have a piano. I've got a guitar. Um, I've got some tuning forks. I've got some shakers. I've got a hand pan or a hand drum. So for me, I like to do like kind of a organic sound bath. I also enjoy just like getting my favorite food and just taking a moment to pause because like I said, my brain, it's kind of hard for me to turn my brain off. That yeah. That's where mindfulness is 
difficult for me is like, I will, my mind will want to keep going instead of just pausing for the sake of my body. Um, and, and just like time. So yeah, I don't know, just finding a moment to like pause and play. Pause and play. Pause and play. What is, when you play, how do you play? Okay, well, partly it's like playing with my instruments or, you know, going out with my friends. So um, I've been trying to go, you know, enjoy drinks with friends a bit more, enjoy brunch. I love brunch. And, um, you know, or keeping up with my family, like just calling people. I don't know. It's like for me, it's be, like playing is like just giving myself space to be the kid I used to be. Yeah. I don't have, you know, when you get older, you don't have the space to be that carefree, that worry free, that, you know, playful individual that didn't have the world to worry about just themselves and fun. Yeah. You know, so really trying to get grounded back into that person or that energy is kind of how I, tr I try and not always really that good at it but when i am mindful i think that's playing is the best thing yeah i suck at playing like what would you used to like to do as a kid as a kid see when i say i'm a workaholic i think i think it stems from when i was a child because i was mm. also the kid at school, like out of school still trying to get like better at times tables okay okay like i have a competitive edge a little bit grand don't get me wrong i'm not gonna say i didn't play I'm not going to front. So but you play. weren't selling candy out of your backpack <laughs> at school. Oh, I did that too. Yeah, like, so you were hustling <laughs> and learning. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so I remember, my mom always loves to tell the story, but I remember when I was younger, my mom would buy, you know, you know the you know the finesse. Somebody selling food stamps. You give them 50, you get 100. So we would have surplus of stuff. My mom would buy Gatorades from like, Sam. you know, you go to Sam's Club where it's already cheap cash out so i have 32 pack of gatorades and i'm not you know well really what it stemmed for is that it was the flavors i didn't like, mm -hmm. like oh. yeah, i don't want these but i'm someone makes them off these so i like i like freeze them to make them like pleasant so i'm like oh you know i don't like them but when they're frozen they're i can get through it so i did it i remember somebody at school wanted wanted one and i'm like no nah, nah, i'll buy one how much but sold it didn't think of nothing of it and the next day Someone said the same thing. Can you, if you freeze another one, I'll buy it from you again. So started with like two, you know, taking pre-orders, <laughs> taking a little pre-orders. Like, yeah, yeah, you want one? Yeah, I'll get. I'll make sure I put one in the freezer. You want one too? Okay, I'm gonna put a couple extra in the freezer. And then by the time it's like lunchtime, you know, it's like kind of watery and still slushy. It's like a slushy. And then people will buy them, and I was selling them. Mama, my mom was just like, man, he's gave him in the jar. Loves these Gatorades. <laughs> he burned it through these Gatorades. <laughs> And then she finally called me one day, taking hella Gatorades to, to, to school. She's like, what you doing? I said, treat me what I'm doing. Treat <laughs> me what I'm doing. She's like, what you doing on Gatorades? I said, treat me. I'm, I'm taking them to school. And she found out I was selling them, and she she killed my hustle. She no. Said, she said, uh, yeah, I'm not buying Gatorades for everybody. If you're going to sell them, buy your own. <laughs> You know, at the time, I could have easily yeah. bought my own. But you know, my head, I'm like, oh, you killed the dream. Yeah, oh, so you didn't it even. It was all pocket money. Man, she gave <laughs> she gave you a slight investment. And you just threw the dream away. Yeah, I just I just didn't understand the 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 concept of reading up. I'm yeah. Like, in my head, I'm like, how am I gonna get more? <laughs> yeah. I can't even go to the store by myself. <laughs> so the dream uh, died, well, yeah. so, you know. But that's a fact. Yeah, I was definitely. But I had fun. You know, I'm a gamer. 
Mm. So that's usually what I do. Right now, I got back into Call of Duty. Um, just need something more competitive. Went, I went to Vegas with my sister, and she's doing bowling. Mm. She's like a big bowler right now. And kind of been getting, kind of like the idea. I don't know if I'm going to get into bowling, per se, but I do want to get into, like, there's like... Here in Sacramento, does volleyball meets mm-hmm, mm-hmm. once uh, once a week when it's good weather. They'll do it at like uh, what's that park? Uh, Land Park. Oh, okay. So I'll go. I'll go out there. I want to go back out there when it's when the weather gets right. Just staying something like that that will constantly give me a break, something I enjoy, something I can grow in. Yeah. So that's usually what I do to be like mindful. I have to have like a, I have to have like a like this hobby, and then I have like the hobby that like it's pure enjoyment like, yeah yeah like photography is like one of those things for me where it's like mm. I'm not, like i can make money from people like oh, you should make money it's like i don't want to i just mm. like, i just want to do this phone. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like that's one of my one of my friends told me everything you do doesn't have to make you money because i used to have that mind i've pretty much always had that mindset even as a kid i would think about like how i could turn ideas into like future businesses when i when i became a grown-up but yeah, didn't you say you also like roller skating? Oh yeah. Yeah. I suck at roller skating. Well, I'm good at it. But I, I'm stuck at the part, still trying to roll backwards. I suck at the advanced moves. That's. I feel like that's the play part of like just like you know doing stuff you used to like to do as an adult, but with that same like childlike spirit. Oh, you yeah. know, because as a kid, I mean, I guess I was afraid to fall, but also now as an adult, much less afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Failure as a dope. If anything, when I fall, I laugh. It makes me laugh, and I have more fun. As long as I don't hurt myself. But if I hurt myself, I still will get back up and go keep keep skating. So uh, the, the thing, the, you know what? I would I would be okay with skating, but it's 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 like there's like one embarrassing factor about falling when you're skating, is when that guy like that guy girl comes in like, <sighs> and they're like blocking you off. You're like, <sighs> stop, please. I'm good. I swear. <laughs> Come on, get up. Get up. No. Come on, get up. Not people making a scene around <laughs> you. Yeah, you're like, the, get up. On the floor, and yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm later and, like, laugh, but, like, laugh fast enough to get up. Like, okay, I gotta get up. Like, though, I got cause, this. Because like, here comes the, the pro. referee jacket. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're talking Yeah, the, ref, the ref's on the... When, last time I went to a, um, the skating rink out here, they had, like... It was a it was a meetup of like skaters from L.A., from the Bay and SAC and all the expert skaters were skating all on the outside. And they said, you know, beginner skaters skate on the inside. <laughs> so they had like little lessons going on on the inside, these little slow um, what's it called laps. And I'm like somewhere in between both of those. Like I got out on the outsides and I was like, I don't belong here. She's like, I don't know which inn I live on, but I'm not over there for I'm sure. Not, I'm, I know <coughs> I want to go faster than this inner circle. That's how, I, you know what I yeah, mean? She's like, they're going 55. I'm trying to go, I'm not trying to go 80, but I'm trying to go 70. You know what I mean? I'm trying to, I'm trying to go in and out of traffic. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it gets too hot over there, I'll go back to the slow lane. But when y'all clears up, I'll go back over there. Yeah, I think I'll just keep trying out the outer parts. and uh, But I guess there is skating etiquette. So, yeah, you're supposed to skate only on the outsides if you've got, like, that intermediate skill. But I, anyway, all, all that said, I feel like playing, like, doing that kind of stuff it will be, like, mindful for me. I don't know if that's the case for you. Well, for me, like, it's 
it's twofold because there's a <clears throat> like yesterday I was like overwhelmed so I sat and played video games for an hour mm. you know stuff like that mm-hmm. but then there's like the you know the more true mindful I guess true mindful practices you know been journaling since I was 18 so that's like been major key mm-hmm. journaling um going for a walks is I'm like an old man mm. so I like sometimes go for a little stroll yeah a little nice stroll. Walk. Walk up the street, go to the liquor store, get something stupid, get some Arizonas. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, like kid stuff, but it's like, you know, go to the, walk to the store, get Arizona, chill. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's all I wanted. <laughs> small, small joys. Yeah. So I definitely do. I would do stuff like that. Um, and that helps me get back at least. I think, I think that like true mindfulness is both because I think that's, you can do either deep work and self-reflect or you can you know, do the light work and have fun and <clears throat> fill yourself up. It, dep- it depends on really what you need. Yeah, yeah. But I think mindfulness at the, bo- at the root of it is just being, like you said, intentional and not, you know, pr- practicing and engaging in like escapism. Because it's easy to like zone out in video games and just escape from all of the things. It's another thing to play video games because it's fun and it makes you feel happier. And so you can now go do the other things that you are responsible for you yeah, know what i mean so there's a fine line between playing call of duty for an hour and then playing call of duty so long it's like oh my god it's midnight and i have not even cleaned my room <laughs> i mean it's okay if it makes you feel good again but and as long as you have the time to come back to clean it <laughs> at a different time <laughs> as long as you actually clean the room you're, i mean that's the thing about it being an adult it's like you know what my mom's not here I'm not cleaning it right now. I'll clean it tomorrow. And, and then you I'm okay do. With that. Yeah. And then you do. And tomorrow might be morning or evening, but I get to it. <laughs> tomorrow does not have a time. No. Tomorrow is a date. I might do it at seven o'clock at night. Like, ah, time to clean up. Yep. <laughs> yep. After I stepped over that same pair of underwear, it's time to finally pick them up today. That's but, uh, my life. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, it good. It's relatable. Yeah. But um, yeah, I wanted to talk about some of the things we have. I'll have you kind of start. Tell me where you want to start. Okay. Well, I guess you were talking about today having a theme, and I think it's modern dating, if I'm right, in terms of the theme and like who's really responsible for the condition of today's dating landscape. I think it's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. So we watched two videos this week and I shared a video with you um, by Darren Darius Daniels. And it was talking about like a few things he would tell his daughters about dating. And the number one things, four things. Yeah, four things. (laughs) (laughs) Glad you remembered specifically. But the one thing that um, stood out to me, he said, was if he's taking too long, something's wrong. And I was, all the stuff he was talking about was stuff like, I was like, wow, that is for me news, you know, but common sense, I feel like for you when you watched it, maybe. Well, I would, I would say common sense in the sense that, like, I wouldn't say, I, you know, when like, it's not something I knew, mm-hmm. but when you hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, not like I thought about it like that, like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know. 
Like if I see my friend doing this, like, oh, there's something wrong there. It's just more like you're just like, well, yeah, that's out there. That's, yeah, that's that's just what happens. Like, oh yeah, that that, that has a, it just has a nice catchy phrase attached to it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So I guess part of why I'm bringing that up is, and to bring it to the theme, like the condition of today's dating landscape, like the problems and what that video triggered me to think about was like issues of being a placeholder issues of like being ghosted promiscuity or emotional abuse or just manipulation mm -hmm. and just in depression like all of these different things are realities of dating and do make it somewhat problematic for people and have made it problematic for me at least in my experience um so yeah i don't know like who's to blame for those problems you know being allowed to be a place allowing yourself to be a placeholder that's been the main thing i think i've and see that's a, that's the thing i think that's the good thing he said with. in that video was he wasn't trying to make anybody feel bad yeah but it's all about coming to understanding um and realizing yeah realization because yeah. it's one thing to So like basically he talked about in the video he talked about like she said he uses the phrase when if he's taking too long there's something wrong at the end he like he kind of like clears it up and says if a person's discerning that's not the issue the problem is sometimes men will basically um, elongate that process as much as possible. And this is like something I've always talked about my friends a lot. You know, I got, you know, I'm 26, so I got friends that are older than me. And I tell them all the time, like, as hard as it, as it is, I understand, like, the era before, like, like my older cousins, when they would just, like, leave a dude. I'm like, oh, he was a good dude. Why'd you, you know, like a young kid, why'd you leave Daryl? He was so cool. Like, he was hella chill. He played video games with me. Like, I don't get why you left him. You're so selfish. But it's like understanding that, um, like this understanding that if you know you have a time you have your own time limit you know as you get older it does become tougher to you know to date um so you have to cut you have to cut stuff short and i feel like that's what he was talking about like you determine what's too long for you and understand to not just like also just cut it off but have those tough discussions like like mm -hmm. what are we doing here yeah yeah you know yeah and I feel like that's the issue that we have a lot of time because, you know, I'm a guy. I've done dumb stuff where it's like, we're just vibing right now. Like, we're just chilling. Like, I don't really, I don't, you know, I'm not really looking for that. We're just chilling. Like, I'm going to call you every night and I tell you I love you. But like, no, I don't want nothing serious. Like, what, what's the problem? Like, you know, do like elongate that to the point where it's like, okay, well, it's ultimatum now. You're like, well, I'm out because I got what I needed, which is fucked up. But yeah. That's that's really how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. And I, I don't know. It's to not your, fair. To your point, I think for a long time I was asking myself the same question of like who's to blame for these realities. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for a lot of other people other than myself. But, it, you know, <laughs> I am, you know, ultimately am the common denominator in a lot of the dating problems I've had. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, I think it's not a matter. The, the question isn't like who's responsible, but like, you know, why are we dating? And that, that's, that's exactly the right question, there. you know, and it should be defined. <laughs> not well. I My argument is that it's like 
to find yourself, to get to know yourself, like allow that to be part of the process of getting to know yourself, you know, but in the past, it's been used for either pursuing love or pursuing sex or pursuing um, marriage. But I just what's the other word? What's the other word <laughs> I wrote? What's the other word that comes with comes with? Oh yeah, married. That thing. Yeah, marriage. Marriage. <laughs> but that? like, people. Some people are still dating for those reasons. But I feel like a lot more people are dating without purpose and without cause, and they're just like a kind of a lost soul out here. I, yeah, I think that's what a lot of people are doing, which mm-hmm. is cause the situationships. Because it's like, I mm-hmm. mean, if you're dating somebody and you never want to get married. Which is okay. Like, let that be understood. But a lot of people are like, don't know. Because one thing, if it's like, I don't want to get married, I'm just have, I'm just mm-hmm. trying to have a partner to have fun with. And when that expires, I go to the next partner. Yeah. And that's like something that you, you're you like conscious of. You are, you're going to move about things differently. But if you're like, you know, like not completely against marriage but don't know if is you're that whatever. for it yeah so you're like you know like i really like her but i don't know if i'll go all the way and then and like that's when it comes become a little messy mm-hmm. and can be life a little bit hard and that's what i, I told friends too like <clears throat> granted everybody has their own agency everybody's responsible for their own feelings mm-hmm. um and for their own well-being for the most part but I I've, I have told guys before too where it's like, okay, if you're with a girl and you know you don't want to be with her, just break it off, bro. Especially if she is looking for something long term. Yeah, because like, and you know that. You know what I mean? It's one thing if she doesn't want that either. If she doesn't know that she wants that, like if you're both figuring it out, you're on the same frequency, like cool we'll figure this out once we get there but if she goes into this and you know she's like hoping for somebody to be yeah, committed hints, like, she I wants want marriage she wants kids like that's the path that she's on like but you're not really walking that same path you're kind of like on the dirt road and she's biking along like <laughs> fucking biking along. stay on the dirt <laughs> road and find someone that's walking there too or get on a bike but don't think that's i don't know i what? I, I just I, I saw that marriage rates are going down. Mm-hmm. They've been going down since 2001. It makes sense. Not much, but like 2001 marriage rates were at like 55 percent, 55.8 percent, according to the census. In 2011, they, it was down to 52.4 percent. And in 2021, marriage rates were at 50.4 percent. So in the U.S., like it's a good 50 50 of people who are now single versus married, mm-hmm. you know, and. I feel like that's also a contributing factor to the dating landscape is there's probably more divorced people out here as well finding themselves. Well, I, will, I don't know. I will also say we got to be fair. You know, <clears throat> you know, we always got thrown on social media, but the amount of options that we have available to us nowadays, comparative to well, perceptively available. I mean, e- even though perceptively, like I can literally get on Tinder change my area to like i don't know denver colorado mm-hmm. and start matching with people and like actually having genuine conversations mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. before it's like if you couldn't get out your city that's what you have access that, yeah, to. that's your pool that's mm-hmm. your dating pool and like that's all you have for reference now yeah but like with social media especially i could imagine like 
as a woman where it's like random guy hitting you up in your DMs. Yeah. Trying to see what's up. And you're like, all I did was post a selfie. <laughs> Relax, son. Bro, this could have been a comment. <laughs> yeah. He just said four like hot emojis. What's going on? What does this mean? <laughs> so cryptic. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like the, the amount of options are available too. So it's like, there is a, there is a, a short-term benefit of being single longer because it's like why would i get married when i can just mm-hmm. get the same thing without being married and then also have the option of getting switching up mm-hmm. <laughs> like i mean i don't that's not how i think about it but i, I feel like i feel like i could i could see that argument i like, feel like a lot of people do think like that though like my dad do you think isn't that married. Huh? not, not oh, go ahead i'm sorry go ahead I was saying, do you think a lot of other people think like that, though, even though you don't think like like uh, that is better not to be in a relationship because I can just know that you can. Yeah, that you can. You can. Yeah, because you can you can get what you essentially would get out of a marriage by dating a bunch of people. Oh, yeah, you can def- I definitely I think a lot true. of people think like that. Have you I've, I'm pretty sure you've heard people say that, like, well, why, why we get married if. You know, we live together already. Mm-hmm. I hear it, and I just don't know if that's like the majority of how single men think. <coughs> single men who well, are men, choosing men to be just, single. Men will just choose. Men will just take what they get. I don't think I, I. I would personally say I don't think a lot of men will get married unless they have to. Really? Because if I, I mean, I want to get. That's married. crazy because men are more happy married than women. <coughs> if I was physically, if I wasn't spiritual and religious I wouldn't get married for what why because of the divorce and how like men can are more you know basically men lose more as a result of divorce I mean so like that that's the logical part of it but the other logical part about it is like for what if it's like what do I it's like what do I gain from marriage Aside from the spiritual covenant. Like the spiritual covenant and like, you know, the last name and things like that. And like, you know, the finances, like, you know, better finances. But for for the most part, I'm like, why would I get, for me, I don't, I don't, I can see, for, I can, to like justify somebody else's, I can see why marriage won't even be an option for them. Cause mm-hmm. like, what do I get out of that? If I'm already committed to you, we already live with, live with each other. We've been together for seven years. Mm-hmm. What is that marriage going to do? That's a lot of people's argument. Some people feel like it gets it makes it worse because now there's a standard set when you get married. So it's like, why even set that standard? I can, you can, it's kind of sad to say, but it's like you can keep the standards low if you're not married. Yeah, that's horrible because I, I do think that marriage is important like symbolically. And that, I think, it plays an important role in society because committing to the symbol of like, I'm with this person I'm, I'm committed to this person, whether it's legally, it's, it's in good health, it's in bad health, it's in good finances or, or poor finances. Like, and I'm, I'm expressing that to the world. I don't think you get that in like a situationship or a, even like a live in marriage. You know what I'm talking about? The people who live together that are technically, what I don't know what it's called on by law, but, um, shacking, just kidding. (laughs) Technically there's like a legal phrase where when you've lived together and been together, um, you talking about the 10 years, um, uh, shoot. I can't remember. uh, Common law marriage. Yeah. Common law marriage. I feel like a lot of people are like, but we're, we have common law marriage, but like even that doesn't 
necessarily articulate the same sacred symbolism that marriage traditionally has held in society. So I think that that has been something that at least for me, women appreciate. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that maybe, and this is a very, I guess, a heteronormative way to look at it, but I could see how like that symbolism is lost on men um, sometimes. But I think it's important. I think it's important to not lose. And maybe that's why there's that importance between like church and state. But I also don't think marriage has to be religious i i again like i think it's a spiritual symbol symbol well i would say i would i would definitely agree that it's definitely like it's it's i mean commitment is is, it's like a symbolic commitment yeah um so it's definitely not all spiritual you know you don't have you know i believe that you know marriage without the covenant is just doesn't make any sense but if you there is like you know that is like a heavy sign like i'm willing to get married to you whatever whatever but like i think marriage for me personally has lost a lot of its weight once we normalize divorce for like uh, what's the term you use irreconcilable differences or whatever mm-hmm. the heck that is Irre- irreconcilable differences i feel like once that became super duper normalized mm-hmm. i feel like that's where a lot of that like why get married tapers off because it's like if i'm gonna get divorced because we can't get along why would I, you know, why would I take that chance of getting married? Like some people feel like, you know, I'm willing to take the chance because worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, you're you're worth getting half of whatever we make or whatever. You know, some dudes think like that. Or you meet somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, but for, that's what I said, like, no. it's kind of tough because I feel like I feel like marriage doesn't have that same weight once you make divorce normalized. Because like at that point, why not just stay in a relationship? Hmm. I mean. Because I'm not saying like. And I don't believe that somebody should say somebody just because they're, they're unhappy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the fact that divorce is that like get out of jail free card on the table. It's always like, you know what? I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. It's like, well, what, like, what, what happened? You know, he wasn't pleasing me sexually. So I'm just going to get the hell up out of here. And which, you know, justifiable, but it's like. It's kind of no. It's kind of it's kind of a tough situation because that, that's what goes back to why I'm saying like for me personally I wouldn't get married because it's like for what what's cause if there's nothing really tying us together in the marriage we can divorce at any time why would I even take that chance hmm. I'd rather just stay together and then get old <laughs> like get old together <laughs> um hmm. I mean, okay. got, that's one got, way to look at it. If I got pushed into it, like, oh, you know, I really want this, like, I'll do it. But, like, for me, the reason why I do it personally now is a lot different than if, if I didn't have those same beliefs. I'd be like, I'd be, I'd definitely be that guy, like, what are we getting married for? Like, so what, what are your beliefs now? Well, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's like, a, like I said, it's a uh, commitment thing. Yeah. Uh, it's an intention thing. You know, I, I want to have a nuclear family and I don't want to have a, a broken family. Mm hmm. Um, so I do think it's very important. I feel like marriage and working towards marriage, which for me is like acts of celibacy is, it just shows like the seriousness of it, but Mm -hmm. like also like the intention of being committed to one person. Like I'm not, I'm not out here for everybody. Yeah. Like if I'm, if I'm with you, I'm trying to be for you. And then Mm -hmm. if we decide to go that road, like I want to be for you like forever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like 
you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Versus like, if you're kind of like in, in um, I know people don't like them, but Jordan Pearson even talks about it like, like moving together, like like kind of shacking up early. It like it just shows that there's like um, you're in a non-committable relationship. So you're like you're living together, which is like a commitment, but you're not committed. So it's like an oxymoron, mm-hmm. and it causes its own issues because it's like, well, you're here, like we're living together, we're paying, we're sharing this lease stuff like that. But you're not here. But yeah, but you're, yeah, we're not. There's nothing else tying us here mm-hmm. except for this lease, mm-hmm. and that's where I feel like for me, like marriage is like important to me because like I want something that's going, like I want something that's going to tie us together through the good and the bad, you know, through whatever. Yeah. Like show you like, no, I'm like. I'm not looking at nobody else. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. You know, versus when you're always single, it's always that idea like tomorrow could be the day. <laughs> he don't love me no more. She don't love me no more. Yeah, like all that fear. <clears throat> Got to deal with it. <laughs> so that was a lot to say. But I want to feel it. Do you feel like when you're, because to go back to Darius Daniels, he was talking about about the like the long time. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's like a lot of eternal, external pressure when when you're like waiting on a guy? Like if a guy like has potential or you like like a guy and they're like, oh, he's blah, 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 blah. Is there like, do you feel like there's external pressure in doing that decision or is it like, or, do, or you're like, you like, you don't, have, you don't, uh, what's the word? You're not affected by that. You know, you've been like, been with somebody like, I'm not, I don't think he's for you and blah, blah, blah. Or, mm-hmm. oh no, oh no, are you sure? Like, do you ever face those external pressures when you're in a relationship? Yeah. I try. I usually just don't share so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't tell them. I don't tell people because I don't really. Usually I feel like my intuition is more important to be listening to. But also I've spent a lot of my single life listening to friends who were right. <laughs> but also. Um, yeah. And I, I, I needed to tell I need to be able to tell myself those truths was a, like a big part of that. So. um can you ask the question again, though? Basically, do you feel like you're affected by external pressures when dealing with uh, a relationship, especially like a little yeah. bit when you're going through like a little bit of a challenge? Like, OK, like we're trying to understand where, where we're going from here. Yeah. And you always get that like auntie is like, girl, if he don't give you what you want, you better walk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't have any aunties <laughs> like that. But that would be awesome. <laughs> um. <laughs> um yeah, I just feel like I have pressure to like make good decisions and mm-hmm. um I I don't I get embarrassed when I can tell that I've made the wrong one or that, you know, it's like not a good fit and they're right. Um <laughs> so I do feel that pressure, but again, I try not to tell people so I it's not part of as much part of my dating experience. Mm-hmm. Cuz at the end of the day, I need wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, I need wisdom and uh when it comes to sharing that and receiving it, you have to be in a place where you're open to it and receiving it. So I try not to like let judgments be what impacts me, but more so like wisdom and like really invite that or try to seek that when I'm hearing people tell me, you know, just like sifting through it. But yeah, it's more internal though. I think it's more an internal pressure to get it right. Uh You know, how does that, how does that affect you? That internal pressure, like, I remember we talked about a little bit about like, is it perfectionism or is it like, you know, like your standards, like teeter on that? How do, how do you discern that internal pressure? 
Yeah. Mm. Sometimes it's perfection. It's like, yeah, it's like teetering between like, am I being a perfectionist or am I being um, realistic with what I need and want? Um, but that is a delicate ba- dance that I've been trying to learn, yeah. to be honest. Um, man, you're getting me on the spot right now. Hold on. <laughs> Why does you know? Because like I know I, I know I dealt with my own internal pressure. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, we we've all gone through where it's like, um, somebody does something, and it's like one of those things. Like, am I being nitpicky, or mm. is that something I really like need? Like for me, mm. financials is mm. like a hard, is a it's like a it's like a hard thing for me to like like if if you're not making the most sound financial decisions and granted it's your life but like I've dated people before where it's like don't have a savings account yeah don't plan on having a savings account and like things like that like Mm. you know uh, constantly putting yourself in situations where the money could be ran up Mm. um instead of just doing doing what you need to do to get to get right yeah and for me those situations where i always have to pause like okay is this a me thing because i have my own like you know personal idea personal situations where like my mom got foreclosed when i was 14 so it's like Mm -hmm. there's like the personal side of it but there's like the realistic side of it where it's like okay there's like a line there's a line here that i have to find and figure out what that line Mm -hmm. is like no i don't expect everybody to be as you know like financially savvy as me yeah but you know i want to know like do you have like do you understand blah blah blah. you know that's like a personal yeah, thing yeah yeah and yeah like, there's like internal pressure where it's like even like when they do something that's like that might be light where it's, it might be something light like i don't know like oh you know i just had to ask mom for money and then i bought some shoes like that's like that's not that, that's not that crazy comparative to like you know somebody who's like yeah, you know, I was putting my house back on the... I was put a, I did a second mortgage on my house. Stuff like that. You yeah. Know, I don't know nobody with a house doing second mortgage. That's crazy. But, you know, things like that. That's, those are two separate things. Yeah. Like, that's, one's light, another one's like... So I always have to deal with that internal pressure. Like, what... Mm-hmm. Where is it? Where is the line? Which yeah. is realistic? And which one is more of, like, a nuisance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely... Yeah. I, I feel that. I, I think... I've been very accepting for a long time of a lot. And so like today being like finding, finding that balance, it's like for me, more superficial stuff. Mm. Like I feel like character wise, I'm very supportive and very accepting. Oh, it's like feet. It's yeah. No, it's not feet specifically, (laughs) but like, you know, I, I like, I'm an artist, so I like aesthetic, you know? I'm very attracted to like a nice smelling man. What'd you say? It's all making sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm attracted to, you know, like a particular aesthetic, I guess you can say. And that's where I'm like, but like, it's not necessary. Not all people are going to have a, the aesthetic that I'm attracted to, but they may give me the emotional <laughs> nourishment that I'm attracted to. And so that's a tough, that's a tough thing to, to balance though, too. Cause yeah, I'm so sorry. I, call me superficial. 
If a girl's ugly, she has everything I need. Oh my gosh, shut I up. Don't want her. Oh, I'm not talking about like ugly. I'm just saying. <laughs> just think about like things like, for example, like I need some tall and short for, for women. It's like there's super sexy short men out there that don't get any play <laughs> just because they're short. And I know I have contributed to that before. I mean, but hey. these days, I can see a sexy short man and appreciate him. Hey, shout out to all our short kings out there. Shout out to the short kings. Like, I could I could give a short king a chance. But the thing is, like, again, like, how much of the aesthetic that I am attracted to is me being a perfectionist versus, like, it's just what I need to be turned on, you know? And that is an important part but of a relationship. I will say, I, I will say that that is important. Yeah. There, there's importance. That I don't think that should be the, you know, I mean, that's like, you know, I can't tell nobody what can cannot because i personally have mostly dated black women mm-hmm. so like a lot of times um unmelanated races get a hard curve for me <laughs> without even like getting to know them because it's like eh. i know what i want yeah it's like i'm you know i'm not mm. don't feel a connection already mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. go oh. I, I have to try to build a connection yeah i ain't trying to build not trying to convince myself exactly like you know this is all right and don't get wrong like every once in a while you know you might meet like you know i might meet like a white girl like a mexican girl like Mm -hmm. hey you're giving but like (laughs) other than that for the most part like you know that for me it's not a it's not a i'm not strictly like i would prefer to marry a black woman yeah but if it came down to it yeah and i didn't I, w- I would be convinced, like, listen, this just happened. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, definitely this was trying. Just the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely trying for a black woman. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. For sure. I would so say I, probably the same for me. So I, I, I get you on that on that field. Yeah. But yeah, as far I'm trying to think, like. Although I've been, I've been very open about my dating in terms of, like. The, you need to get taller. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We can still keep okay, so nice. <laughs> She's like, I mean, my hair kept getting caught on the back there. That's what was happening. But um, yeah. Anyway, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I was gonna say I've dated a lot of non-black men and black men, and you know. Yeah, just figuring out like what you like, what you want. That's what I feel like dating is about. It's mm-hmm. just figuring figuring that out. You knew that about yourself up front. I casual dating. You know, yeah, casual dating for me is like really getting to know, you know, men and and also like also figuring out my sexuality too. I for like I think women are beautiful, but I learned I'm not like romantically attracted to women. Like I don't want a relationship with women, but I feel like dating is important for you to learn that about yourself you know and um, I don't know it's not always just to find love it's you know it's, it's not always just to have sex with people and it's not always just to f- find somebody to marry yeah you know and that's what I said like it's all to like kind of bring it full circle it's like it's all about intention yeah you know I feel like when you go into dating there is um everybody has an intention of what they're doing and I feel like that's the hardest part that, I feel like that's something that needs to be done before you start dating, though. Or or just be aware dirt, of it or, while yeah, you're dating. Yeah, while you're casually dating. Don't be seriously dating 
and not know what you want. Because that's where people, I think that's mm-hmm. where that's where we are now. Where a lot of people are getting fucked up. Yeah. Because people will go into a casual dating situation mm-hmm. and then be there for three years. Like, okay, I came in here casually, and now we're in here deep. Mm-hmm. You know, my like the water's up to my ankles. And that's because the other person exactly. got serious or came in serious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, came in serious or grew into it seriously, and. You know that's one of those that's one of those situations where it could be very very tough. So yeah, but it was it was another video we watched to kind of like keep it keep it going. Was everybody's familiar with Pearl at this point? We've all seen the white girl in there going in on just women. pearly things. Yeah, just pearly things going in on going on every woman she sees. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, that's, she, yeah, literally all the shorts <laughs> really show, huh? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, hey, so we get the clicks, but. Shout out to Pearl. But we're, she had a recent video where she had a panel of um, older, look like older guests in my opinion. Like they looked, one, I know one of the ladies was 40, two of the ladies were 40. One, there was one younger girl that was like 20, 20, about to be 21. And it looks like there was some like some 30s, yeah, 30 later, year olds Later 30s, there. yeah. So it was like a little bit of a older crowd comparative to me, I'm 26. Yeah. And then no, I was gonna say I'm 31, so I was like, "This is my crowd." <laughs> I was like, "They're not that old." Yeah. <laughs> We're not like old, but like you know, forty, like forty something is older. I said my mom's yeah. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they talked about a lot of stuff, honestly, and we won't touch on all of that. We'll definitely put the link like in the description below, mm-hmm. so you guys can watch the video. It's a good video, but me and Allie, it was a it was a conflicted video, honestly. Yes, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was an interesting video. Um, The question and the title of it is, are modern women to blame for dating? Yeah. Something like that. It's it's basically trying to say who's accountable for the current skate, like dating landscape, dating landscape right now. Right. And part of that, I I think the root of it was about like, because men are, you know, not having sex, not having sex with multiple partners statistically, and women are. I think they said that this, this is a statistic was um, single women are uh, up to like 80% of single women are have multiple sex partners. And I don't remember what the percentage of men was, but it was like less than 20% of men have uh, multiple sex partners, single men. 10% or something like that. Yeah, 10% or something like that. Um, So just kind of talking about that reality of like, so why is it that women are out here having multiple, you know, dating relationships essentially, and it looks like men are not, you know, are women to blame for that? Yeah. Kind of, I guess, would you, would you say that's kind of a good summary? I don't know. Um, of like the under, of, undertone? Yeah, there was like definitely like they're talking about, you know, they talked about things like accountability and um, really was like a, they're trying they're trying to figure out who's accountable for the dating landscape we're in right now. And it was to spoil alert. They're but trying that, to say it was mostly to, women. To be clear, that part of the dating landscape. Yeah. This, like, the like sexual promiscuity of the dating landscape was a large focus of that yeah, conversation. There, there was there was a there was definitely a large I feel, I feel like that that part of the conversation, they were talking about um, accountability with it. Yeah, they, they were talking that because there, there was so there's a big the part she's the, she's talking about is like very like pertinent in in there because they talked about it for a long time where they're basically talking about how like when if women are more out there 
and men are like less out there, then it's obvious we have to work on the women and work on the women and not work on the men um, to fix the current dating landscape we're in and whatnot. Um, and I don't know. I, I like I told Ali, I was kind of conflicted about it. Like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's fully true. I don't, I don't know that's like I'm not saying that statistics not true, but the argument. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It it's feels t- like a flawed argument. I mean, again, because like we brought up the question of like, why are you dating versus who's to blame Mm -hmm. for the current dating landscape? And I think like that's kind of where the conversation was or maybe where our our disagreement with their with their approach to the conversation is to an extent. Because as I think about it more, I, I think about it like this. I think the reason they bring up that point is because it seems like. Um at least the way that I saw the video is that women are the biggest, like, um, like the, the, the biggest group sounding off Mm -hmm. that they're not happy. And why can't I, you know, why can't I get the man that I deserve and blah, 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 blah. Like, I feel like that's what they're like kind of responding to. Mm. And so, cause that's how it seems like their, their statistics are trying to disprove that like, okay, you guys are saying you're not getting the man you deserve, but this is what you guys are doing. These are what the men are doing. Um, and I feel like that's what they're aiming towards. Whether that's true or not, I I don't know. God, I have I have I definitely have a lot of friends who are who have told me about like their struggles with relationship and they I, they I, they have switched from relationship to relationship faster than I have, but I don't I don't fully see them being wrong for that you know like i don't know like are you wrong for going at bat you know taking at bats especially because as a woman you you have more opportunities than a man because mm-hmm. i talked about with this my friend with my friend you know they talk about women have more partners if a man could do it i'm almost positive he would do it but it's just you know i can't walk up to a girl and be like hey i want to have sex i'm gonna get arrested mm-hmm. like, I'm definitely get, and like definitely like even even now like some guy brought up a good point. It's harder now to sleep with a woman than it was like when grandpa was dating mm-hmm. because I have the standard is different. I have to take you on dates and get to know you just like that just to get there. And so that also is a contributing factor versus a girl. Like, like I said, I, I like I told this, I told this to Allie in private. If she went up to somebody t- tomorrow and was like, I want you right now. The guy is not going to try to get to know Ali. Like, I, I'm willing to bet that no, it's not going to happen. Like, he's not going to try to get to know you. Like, no, I want to get to know you first before I do that. I just can't be not going to be a gentleman about it. Like, I don't, I, I don't have that much faith <laughs> in men. Yeah, I don't have that much, especially in the world we live in. Simps, like, no. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to kind of take over the conversation. But no, I'm listening. I feel like the the conversation of like who's accountable, like. I do agree that there's a lot of accountability on women for, you know, kind of some of the um, the shifting of standards being set up. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the accountability of why we're here, we are, is like a mute a moot point. Yeah, because it a relationship is two people. Yeah, and I think too, like women might be more vocal. I don't know. I'd have to like 
do research or see some research to be able to agree if women are actually single women are more unhappy with like the dating landscape. But I would just say in terms of unhappiness in general, you know, men and women are equally unhappy and mm-hmm. we might just be unhappy about different things. Exactly. And for, for women, it, I mean, we love family generally, you know, and or I should say stereotypically we've been nurturers and we've been provider caregivers, not necessarily the providers in history, but now we've become more providers. Mm-hmm. And so my argument, too, is that I think women's needs have changed and evolved but I don't think that men's have evolved quite as much. I think um, that's where a lot of the dissatisfaction is because, you know, women really want men to be emotionally um, nurturing in ways that I think, I think, I don't know, I I won't generalize all women. I'll say, I think it would be nice to see more men emotionally available, more emotionally intellectual and emotionally, emotionally interested in life. But to me, what I feel like I see are men interested in just, you know, producing action in life and activity in life instead of like, you know, love, like really creating love and meaningful relationships that's created through emotion, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think women have over time, especially with men leaving to war and us having to, you know, have to keep up with the spirit of the community mm-hmm. and also provide for the community mm-hmm. while men are away fighting and, you know, taking care of whatever political things that they're not letting women be part of it. You know what I mean? I just, I think we had to evolve emotionally. We had to evolve, um, like skill wise. And I don't know where that disconnect is. I don't know if you would agree that men are not necessarily, um, invested in emotional, wellness and emotional intellect but it just sometimes seems like that's not equal and that contributes to a, a deeper problem of, well, i will say I, I will say that i will say there's truth in that um well granted i'm not i'm not basing any i will preface this when i say this i'm talking from personal experience yeah same. what i've seen and and, and whatnot so i can't not gonna say what the world's really good doing but my world my my inner circle i will say there's truth in that because the, like you said, for women, predominantly black women, because I'm a black guy, they've had to, they're getting better positions in the workforce. They're getting higher accolades. You know, their position in the family is is changing. So there's definitely evolution from that. Because, you know, you have now you're dealing with more tough situations. You need more, you know. If you're going to work and you're having a, you know, you're, you're working on heavy projects and you need, you want to go home and you need a little bit more, you know, um, reassurance and like, like you said, nurture, nurture, like nurture, like uh, nourishment. And I feel like the landscape for me as a man is, um, you're always told you're going to work. So like you're first heavily focused on like trying to get as much money as possible especially mm-hmm. while you're young and then the emotional part of it is lost because to get to that high point you have to be emotionally turned off or okay oh you can talk about put the back in. okay yeah um emotionally turned off or spiritually disconnected 
I think spirituality is also emotional too. And like, so if you're like emotionally turned off, then naturally you're going to be turned off from, you know, some, I think the more spiritual part of life. So my other question then would be, cause I said earlier, I think the problem is that there's just like a lot of lost souls kind of dating each other out here. So do you think that it's like, do you think that like men have evolved spiritually enough? Like, do you think that that's part of it instead of it being like purely emotional? Cause you were talking about like, you know, marriage is only the only value to marriage is, is with the covenant. And if, again, like people are not getting married nearly as much. If for you, you're saying it doesn't really make sense to get to get married. If, if, you know, the religious part is not part of it. Like, do you feel like there's a religious or spiritual disconnect for men that's increased over time? Uh, what do you mean? Like, like they're not being as religious or or spiritually connected to their life. Like even their purposes, like as a, as a black man, I would say, yeah. Cause work, Okay, because work, working is not, I feel like a lot of men work and grind really hard, but like it's to a point of exhaustion and not a point of like nourishment and fulfillment. That's what we were talking about earlier. I don't know if it was on the podcast or before we got started where I was saying I'm I've been busy, but it's been like a nourishing kind of busy. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like men are taught to work and that differentiation between like work that's nourishing and work for that's you just have to do it because you're a man and you have to provide and do things gets lost. I will I will feel I, I will say this. And I feel like this is true. That. Women definitely have the luxury of getting some a job that they more and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Especially when they go when they go through school and whatnot. Like they'll get something that they actually enjoy and then have opportunities to like go to something else. If not, versus men, there's an expectation um that you have to make money regardless. Mm-hmm. And like especially like constantly make more money. So mm-hmm. right now I work in a diesel shop. You know, that's not something I personally want to do um i find fulfillment in it because it allows me to do other things and i feel like that's where a lot of men taper off because the other things they do with their money they make is not bringing them fulfillment Mm -hmm. you know i i I want to get to the point where i'm self-sustaining in the content creation that i make and you know doing something for myself but when you take a man and you know his primary goal whether or not to be married or not is to attract women. And he does, he works these crazy jobs and does, and then spends that money on frivolous stuff. That's not fulfilling. Like getting a nice ass car and like being fly and stuff like that. I can definitely see that disconnect, you know, widening because, mm-hmm. because that's, that's what you're focused on. And then you get into a relationship and then not saying all men, but some people get in relationships and they're like half people. Cause you get there, it's cool, honeymoon phase is over, real shit kicks in, and you're like, Ma, you tweaking, ma. Like, I'm about like you're starting to check out. And women women go through the same thing too, where you they, you know, you get in with a girl, you're doing the right things and the same thing. She's like, That's nah, that's not what I was looking. I'm looking for the trips and mm-hmm. I'm looking for stuff like that. But 
Yeah, I feel like, it's, like I said, the, the landscape is just weird. That's what I, say. I don't. I don't think it's just women. I definitely think, as men, it's like twofold. Women have evolved, and just like women have evolved emotionally, some of them don't, don't need as much emotional, you know, care as they need before. Like I don't. Yeah. That's like that's why I told you about the independence. Like I don't need as much from you as I used to, and that sh- that shifted too. So men. I feel like some men are kind of like, I don't even know what to do. Well, you know, I some yeah, some women don't need that emotional support. But I also, I think that that's partly because of like, you know, the role of a father in a woman's life. And like, you know, if a father raises his daughter to be very independent, like my dad taught, my dad taught me to be very, both of my dads, they raised me to be very independent. Um, that's great. But like, one I think was a bit more emotionally available than the other. And so what that taught me was not to like, well, actually to like normalize emotionally unavailable relationships with men, you know, or like semi emotional relationships with men. See, and I will say this too, this is the difference between like, and this is only me. This is me speaking from. My, I was raised by a single mother. I'm only speaking from my personal experience. The difference between when a mom raises you to be independent, specific, speaking specifically to women, and a dad teaches you to be independent. Um. When a man when a when a man teaches you to be independent, we understand. There's still submission in that, mm-hmm. you know, and. Sometimes I feel like that's lost when, like, a mom might teach her daughter to be independent because we understand, like, as a man, even though I'm independent, I still am some, I still have to submit to the customers. Mm-hmm. I still Our have system. to submit, yeah, to whatever I'm in, you know, like, even though, like, you know, we see men as these, like, dominant figures, you know, the army is mostly men and they're usually led by other men, you know, like, they, they, they understand how to submit to somebody who has more knowledge or more skill or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying women aren't capable of that, but I'm saying like my mom, when she was teaching my sister to be more independent, she was also teaching her that you're always right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a big thing that I feel like I see is common where it's like, I don't have to listen to you because I'm independent. Mm -hmm. And it's, I feel like the girls that I know who usually raised by their dad and their dad teaches them independence it's like understanding when somebody might have more knowledge than you and then discerning off that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, like like you said, I don't think it's right for a woman just to submit to any guy. Like, yeah. What, for what? Yeah. But I do think it's important that if a guy has traits that you want and you see things in him that he can, like, lead you the right way, then why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. You know, just like as a man, I would, you know, I have my idea for my future, but if a guy came in my life, a mentor... And was like, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. I understand, like, okay, maybe my I need to stop what I'm not stop what I'm doing, but understand what he might be saying to me and take that leadership. And I feel like that's like the biggest. Yeah, that that makes sense too. Because I mean, men did or, a lot of the structures that we have in society were crafted by men, mm-hmm. you know. And but unfortunately, like all of those systems are not working anymore. And that's where I think I I agree that we've got this separation and this disconnect because there's a way in which we need to be able to think like that. But, you know, my mom 
my mom played a big role in my independence too. So I'm like, I'm like a really interesting blend of what you said of like, there's ways that I like to be very right. And there are ways where I do try to, I try my best to take in the wisdom in the room, but I struggle with that fine line because I've been raised with both of those kind of perspectives. But, you know. Well, I'll also say it takes a, it takes a special kind of leader to also hear what somebody else is saying. I feel like there's not a lot of good leaders today either. Yeah, and that, I, that's what I wanted to say is there is not a lot of good, there are not a lot of good leaders out there. And I don't think relationships, I think the old phrasing of like submission um, is important, but I feel like a better and more like evolved term for us to start using is collaborative. Like there are gonna be times where men need to submit sometimes. And there are times where women need to submit sometimes in the relationship, depending on what the challenge is that you're in. You're working together. You, you know, you seek to understand each other, not to be right. Well, you know, I think that's the that's the that's the where I feel like the um, when people use the buzzword submission for women is they think it's one sided. And what, while it, it might, especially if you're talking about traditional family, fam, like family where the moms at home, there obviously is a way bigger submission. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about two working individuals, it is a it is a back and forth even in understanding. The, I think it's even in a traditional house that, that it could it applies. Even like again, if you have a a woman that's staying at home, like a traditional nuclear family, you know, yeah, she might be at home in the collaborative and like if we're collaborating at home, her role is of course to do the things there. But like there are times I'm sure where like it's her voice. It's her her opinion that is going to need to be what weighs out in this situation where the husband needs to submit and listen. And I don't know if maybe I'm wrong. Well, I think but you're right. That's what I, said. I think that goes back to being a good leader, because a good leader will take in everybody's best interest, not mine. Yeah. Oh, like the king on Woman King. Good. So good. <laughs> Uh, it's so good. There's a king. I forgot what the king's name was, but there's a king who's ruler. Um, and he, you know, he has his own dominance in his kingdom, but he also has a cabinet of people and a trusted, you know, woman that is a warrior, you know, leader of, of his army. Yeah. One of the leaders of his, the women's army anyway. And, you know, there are times where she, offers her political advice and wisdom and he doesn't doesn't listen he goes on his own kind of accord but as the movie goes on you see him start to really appreciate appreciate it even more than you see at the beginning of the storyline so my whole point is i think that you can you can as a man be dominant and still you know, submissive. I feel like collaborative, like having the goal of being a collaborative partner is so much more important than looking for someone that will be willing to submit because yeah. the reality is you have to be willing to submit too, yeah, exactly. you know? But that's where I feel like, again, like I don't know if men have evolved to like, you know, the the language of submitting and dominating, that's like male language. I think collaborative is a, a lot more emotionally appealing and welcoming and feminine <laughs> but yeah i don't know i i just think well if I mean, it's less if, about submission and it's less about these like power dynamics between <clears throat> men and women and it's more about just people collaborating and doing 
relationships well together, we would see a better and healthier dating landscape. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely agree with you. I, you know, and like I said, even I use the word I use I use the word submission because I know it's well known. But when I talk about looking for a partner, I'm always speaking in the sense of like I'm looking for a counterpart. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking for somebody who's gonna we work well together. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm realistic. I'm not gonna lead every every decision. I don't know everything. It's about the back and forth. It's yeah. about, you know, like you said, the dance. Yeah, and then like, while I do like succumb to like the like I said the obviously like, people call the patriarchal like leadership roles, but I'm not. I've never been taught to like what I say goes, because that's not real life. You know, like. You know, if if I feel like my kid needs this, but then the woman who's with my kid most of the time says my kid needs this, why would I not take that with more weight than what I'm saying if I haven't been around the kid more often, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, there's there's obviously like certain just like certain things, but it's like, you know, I'm not, you know, is it something like like if if, if you example, if I'm a, if I'm in a marriage, and you know, my wife's like, yeah, you know, I feel like our daughter's is at a, a good time to date. You know, she's whatever, age 16. I think we should start letting her date now. So when she's 18, she kind of has an idea of the dating landscape, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, I think she should wait till she's 21. Like. <laughs> that was my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, there can, you know, one, never let the kids hear the argument. Two. Well, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. I told my mom I wanted to date and she was like, okay. But my dad was like, what the hell? No. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like. You can see both sides of it, but the the answer lies in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, where where the understanding is. And I feel like sometimes, at least now, we got a lot of people on both sides on power trips where it's like, it's either my way or not at all. Mm-hmm. I don't want this gray area. Mm-hmm. It's, comp- it's that, again, like wanting to be right or wrong. That yeah, Extremes. Yeah, the extremes. And I feel like that's what, when we're, when that video, that's why I, I feel like they missed the point when they talk about accountability and it's like women women's highly women's fault i think it's you know somebody said before um women only do with women you know have the self-agency but in a relationship if you know if things aren't working out a certain way it's because you're a bad leader honestly because if somebody's a good leader they don't have a problem listening to you but if you're a bad leader it's like something something's off there so i think it's on both sides yeah i will say it's a little bit harder to get into a relationship nowadays because mm-hmm. the the, stand, the standards that are set like you said i don't even seen where like i need a man who you know be someone went, went viral for that i need a man guys on business and then people were like yeah me too me too it's like not everybody's gonna have a business boo like we can't all have a side hustle so we do need people to work at the oil rig we do need people to you know working environmental services and taking out trash and stuff like that so i don't even know how that became the dominant narrative of single particularly single black women but i don't know how that became that was so weird that's what i'm saying i i don't know anyone any of my friends who have the expectation that even when i was younger but maybe this is like a millennial thing but like no one ever had the expectation that somebody needed to make six figures. I still don't have that expectation because I don't make six. My expectation is that like we're on the same frequency at minimum. Yeah. You can you can be, you know, frequent. Your frequency can be higher than me. You can make more than me. But at minimum, my hope is that like we're at the same place. I dated a lot of people where that wasn't the case. And that created a lot of trauma, like 
I think, drama, in my opinion. But, you know, it wasn't a collaboration. It was like it was, in those circumstances, it was, you know, trying to keep up or trying to, you know, it, I don't know. I, for me, I was going into it trying to collaborate, but I would often get feedback that I'm trying to be where you're at. I'm trying to get to the level that you're at. So they weren't coming into it like a collaboration, you know, and I, I, so I agree with you. I think it's just not people going into it, trying to collaborate, but people going into it, trying to be right, trying to be the best, you know, best choice. Um, but it's not about that. Just being your best self and, and having the best person to compliment that. Yeah. And I feel like that's the, I think that's the point we need to focus on it because I want things like this to be like, I want people to learn from things like this. You know, I wanted to ask you, like, you talked about earlier about, like, men aren't emotionally evolved. And, like, when you say that, like, what are some of the things you're, like, what are some of the things you mean when you say that? Like, well, not not specifically mean, but, like, how do you feel like men could better do that? Better, especially as someone like like you who are who's a professor, you work a lot of hours, you have you know, people who rely on you, you know, constantly striving to do more. How does someone who's dating someone like you know? How, do, how does someone nurture you when you're when, in like an emotional way still? Because it's not something it's not the same thing like, oh, it's OK, babe, I'm listening to your day. Like it might be. Sometimes it is that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it is that I think like, well, also speaking for myself, it's like I do really need somebody after a really hard day to just hug me like it's really simple things it's not being told like for example I I get really angry about my sometimes like my last employer and for me it's like if I'm gonna go back to that place emotionally where I get angry and I've re-triggered myself somehow back to that sense of like that that emotion, mm-hmm. I need my my person to be able to like, one, allow me to feel those feelings, like have enough, emo- enough emotional intellect to allow me to feel those feelings. But also, you know, you can be honest about the fact that like, okay, but that was in the past, you know, we're here now. And, you know, you gained some great lessons from that. Like I need to be, I need somebody that can do both, that can be logical and grounded but also aware like if I say I just need you to listen that you're going to just listen and you're not going to get sensitive about it you're not going to want to have to solve everything see and I think I think that's a common point that I hear a lot I I feel like that's really what it is yeah men want to men want to be fixers and I love that but like when I'm talking about emotional growth it's like being able to be there when I'm emotional or if you're emotional, being able to communicate that not ghosting because you feel like you don't know what you want, you know, and you want to keep me around just in case you decide that I'm the one. Yeah. No, have some emotional courage to tell the truth. That's what we, that's what women need more of. Or if promiscuity is something that is, is something that is like important between men and women, like having those conversations more openly instead of judging women about how many sexual partners they have. Well, why don't we have some conversations about that that are like not judgmental and really like trying to understand where that comes from? Because truth be told, a lot of women 
I would say, I'll speak for myself, like learning to how to value yourself because we are so sexualized, we learn our value through sexual relationships if we're not taught that at a young age. So sexual promiscuity is not always about the amber roses of the world. It's also just women trying to find themselves, you know? And if men would be willing to be emotionally vulnerable and listen, just listen and understand that instead of try to be right and, you know, again, judgmental, I think that that's the emotional wellness that I'm 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 asking for for from men that I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, got I can, a little excited there. I, can, <laughs> I think I got a little excited there. Passionate. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I, I I think that's um I think that's a fair point. I think I know myself. I struggle. And I'm pretty sure a lot of men struggle with this. Is this is not for all people, but you know, I've 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 heard men, people that I've talked to, where it's like they don't know where that line's at, as far as like, okay, you want me to listen, and then, but like, where at what line, when at what point do I fix then? Because it's like, and it's it's it there's it's hard because like we we want to expect people to. We want to expect people to tell us, no, I want you to help me fix this, but that's not how, that's not how we work. Unless you're just, mm-hmm. I have a lot of self-work and you, you're just that conscious. A lot of times, you know, I, I, I go through my own situations where it's like, one well, man, I'm getting told something and I'm like, oh, offering feedback. Like, that's not what I want. Yeah. Like, oh, my bad. And then there's other times where I'm like, this listening is like, well, are you going to say something? And it's like, I didn't know you wanted me to say anything. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. so it's like, it's a tough, it's a tough battle going back and forth. Mm. Um, and like, you know, sometimes I feel like they're not always, there's the most grace for men when they, when they drop the ball in certain ways like that. I watched yeah. a video where a guy, he said his first pregnant, his wife's first pregnancy, he never, he was so used to seeing how his mom had got, had the baby, then immediately went back to work like a month later and like nothing happened. His wife is a stay at home mom. And like, after she had her first baby, she went through postpartum mm. and he just wasn't there for her. Cause he didn't not, he explains like, I just didn't know. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like my mom just went back to work. I just thought like, you know, you had a baby, you recover and you go back. But I didn't know like this thing, like postpartum was a thing where people like are literally like feeling alone mm-hmm. after having a baby and things like that. And like going through major depression. And I feel like I do believe the conversation, those conversations to be had. But like, I've also like, I tell my girlfriend and my own personal relationship is like, I feel like that space needs to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to have those discussions and then turn around and those discussions used, like kind of like warped and used in a different way when it's like that conversation was for that moment. Like this is a different nuance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, this is me personally. I don't know what other men feel about that point, but I know my personal life, Yeah, I've had things where... I've told people, told women in great confidence, and then later down the road, that same stuff I told in confidence has been used um, against you, against me, but also to like make me like question, like what I'm really like, what I really know, you know, like, and once that happens, it's hard to get back mm. to that point, you know. Cause that's, I mean, it's, it's, I think tough conversations are important, but it, you know, I can't tell everybody like somebody does you wrong. You just like get back in there. Cause like, 
no, you're wounded. You're like, oh, I told you, you know, I told you what happened when I was a kid. And now you brought it back up and, exp- and said that's the reason why I'm doing something something mm. else. Which, and I can't tell. Now, no, I'm so caught know. up in that part. I don't know if it's even true or not. Because I'm so caught up in part that you use that against me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's always used in a, in a, in a, a heightened state. Mm-hmm. So it just hurts more. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if someone like sat you down like, you know, like what Kendrick Lamar talked about. Like his girl had, his girl had to sit him down and talk to him about like his relationship with like... Um, so sexual promiscuity, like you know, multiple women, like you have a problem, but the space it came from, it was received. But a lot of times, the conversations are had when it's like I'm fed up, mm-hmm. and now I'm about to hit you where it hurts. Yeah, and it might be true, but I can't tell if it's true because the position that you just said it in is hard for me to even like. It's like I don't know if you're just trying to hurt me, you're trying to be real, and it might be both, but. I can't get past the part that you try to hurt me with information I gave you in good confidence. Yeah. And I feel like, um, for me personally, I've, I've struggled to be more, be open in all relationships that way. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't want to tell you something and later down the line, you tell me that's, you use that information to make another judgment call. That's like, so left. Hmm. That's, I feel like that's like another example. And on the other, of the other side of like, we were talking about how men go into a relationship kind of wanting to be sometimes like right or maybe just, just like not as collaborative. I think women do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, that, and that I think is an example of that. But I think that also means we have a responsibility to teach men how to like understand and maintain a safe emotional environment for themselves you know, in whatever relationships that they're willing to be vulnerable in. I feel like that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I agree. Because the fact that you mean, you know that now, I mean, obviously we didn't know a lot before. Thankfully, I don't know, TikTok and all of the experts on TikTok that TikTok care to help. share, since, <laughs> you know, we have to have insurance in the U.S. and not everybody has it. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. I think that's where we are. I think that's where we are. But the last thing I wanted to, I wanted to come back to you with something you said about like, it's hard for men to know like when to fix or just like not. And I think it's, you know, not asking or even thinking about how, what can I do to fix it? But really just asking the, the question of how can I support your solution? Because it encourages the individual to find their own solution or invite you in to help them find a solution. Yeah. And it also puts you in the role of being a support to it of the solution and not the provider of the solution. So I don't I know. I feel like that's the main thing of for men who are differentiating that of like, you know, do I fix it or how do I show up for her or them? You know, it's just. And I think I think what would help what helps me is expanding my vocabulary. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that literally in like learning new words, but ex- finding different ways of saying, like you like you just said, instead of saying, how do we fix it? How can I help you? How can I support your solution? Yeah, how, yeah, how do I, how can I support you? You know, things like that. Like if you can expand your vocabulary and, and understand which works best for you in your relationship, mm-hmm. you'll get a lot, you'll, you know, you'll go through things, you'll, be able to go through those circumstances and understand where to help you differentiate. You know, if you're mm-hmm. like, how can I support you? She's like, well, you know, I just want to, you know, I'm just, it was really like fed me, like had me fed up and you, you can, you have to like also be listening and hearing like, okay, is this more a release mm-hmm. that you understand, but more of it's like, okay, I just don't know what to do anymore. 
and that's okay. Now she sounds like she's in a place where she's trying to like for solution. You know, I feel like we had to we had to do better as far as our vocabulary because yeah, you know, men are ones and twos. Like, <laughs> well, bro, just tell her. Why? Why? I'm not. not, not uh, uh, what? What do we? What, and some people, I can understand. It, it, yeah. it can be very. Uh, like annoying to hear the same problem over and over mm-hmm. and don't they're not seeking a solution because like well at that point that's when you evoke boundaries <laughs> it's like listen we've talked about that i've listened to you and i've supported listen, you i'm so tired of hearing about karen at this point i don't want to hear anything else until you start doing something about it don't tell me about karen ever again if karen yes i understand karen took one of your sodas but you ain't tell karen she took your soda Listen, okay, and so that's a you problem right now. <laughs> now we're in month six, Karen. This thinks you're giving out free sodas. <laughs> you, now you mad at Karen? She thinking you just a good friend. <laughs> Wherever he's buying these poppies, man, they they they're the clutch. Yeah, I love poppies. <laughs> <laughs> I love poppies. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, the last thing I wanted to say too is just like I think it's important to recognize for single people, singleness is not a disability. It is truly a gift, I think. It's a um, it's a time where, like, I, I don't know, I just think that we under we undervalue the process of, like, getting to know ourselves and undervalue sometimes the people that are brought into our lives to help us arrive at those realizations. So, I don't know. It's, we all, my, my number one thing I just want to say about this is we all have a responsibility to participate and connect with intention no one's to blame for the the current dating landscape. Um, and even though it's like maybe unrealistic universally for us all to take responsibility and participate and connect intentionally, um, I do think it's necessary for us to have a healthier, you know, landscape and, and better dating experiences. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't I don't feel like obviously there's people to blame on both sides um for different aspects of the dating landscape we're in right now um no you're saying no one's to blame because we're all to blame yeah yeah and like i I hate that that feels like a cop-out but you know even though like this then they then that video they talked about the statistic is 80 percent of women sleep with multiple different men you know i know they're like oh why would we focus on the 10 percent of men blah blah blah. and i they are right not folk we shouldn't focus on them but, you know, if we did, you know, like if we can like understand who they're gravitating to and like and like change that dynamic too, you know, they they're it'll force both sides to change. And that's mm-hmm. I think that's what they're the they were trying to get to in that point is that if if we can get women to stop sleeping with multiple different partners, it would force the men to change for better. Mm-hmm. Just like but I feel like it's the same way on the, on the other side as well. Like, you know, if we can get men to tighten up like come on if you know and i know it's hard i mean it's easier said than done but and also though it also underscores i think my point about the emotionality of men like if women are having more sexual partners i mean sex for not all women but a lot of women is emotional Mm -hmm. so we're having emotional connections with men it's not just us out here being physical like it normally is or stereotyped for men so if men are not out here having all these sexual relationships, my argument would be is that they're not out here being emotional. So while, yeah, we can focus on these 10 percent of men who are sexually promiscuous, we still have this 80 percent of men who, in my opinion, are emotionally unavailable. So you've got two problems that still equally need to be solved. 
Definitely. I won't. I can't say I agree, though, on the emotional part. Only because the women that I know that are promiscuous are not messing with the men. Because yeah, but you think eighty percent of women? Oh no, I don't think I don't think all of them are doing it for you sure. I, I definitely know girls out there getting their heart broken sleeping with men. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about I was talking about the ones where I'm talking about like and maybe I need to maybe I'm misunderstanding the statistic because I'm thinking in like I'm thinking about like not that they have multi, not that they're sleeping only with one person they only have one body count but I'm thinking about it in the sense of like. They're sleeping with multiple people at one time. Mm-hmm. Like I've been dating three guys for the last six months, and I'm sleeping with three guys. Yeah, you emotional know? fulfillment from three different sources. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm. I've, that's what I feel like I'm understanding that. And I know the women that I know in those situations. It'd be hard for me to say that's from emotional place. At least from a healthy emotional place. Well, yeah, it's. I don't know that it's ever really from a healthy emotional place. Yeah. If you know you're being promiscuous for that reason. Yeah. Cause I don't know if it's from a, like, I don't, I'm not saying like, cause I can't say they're doing that and they're looking for love. I feel like they might be looking for, um, probably filling a void. Yeah. I would say it's filling, it's filling a hole. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, they run that circuit, which, you know, people do it. Men, men have done it before. I mean, I'm, I've been there. Everybody has a roster at one point, but yeah, it's too much work, but anyway. yeah, but I'm just saying it makes it sound like 80 per, it, it makes it that statistic, the way that they frame it makes it sound like, you know, this 80% of single women are the problem when there's still 80% of men who have, and I, I just, I do think that men are emotionally constipated. I just, I just, I, I feel like that is a huge articulation of that. If you're not having sex as a, as a single population, I don't think that that has to do just with like physical desire or this desire to be married. I don't think it has to Wait, do with and, that. And like I said, the, the guy talks about too, like in Japan, like there's a lot of, there's these places in Japan where you can literally go to a bar and like have conversation with women and that's it. So it's like, yeah, why you know it's it's it really is. Men to a point. will outsource. You all will outsource your emotional <coughs> needs. Oh yeah, I definitely do. That's it's, what a therapist for. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but it goes back to my the yeah. space. Yeah, you know yeah. certain things that I can't share. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking about like here, but I'm talking about it's certain things I can't share with my spouse, and then not comfortable sharing. Mm-hmm. I could share them, but I, some things I don't want to share. Maybe use later because there's some there's more there's some things that I'll share that like if it comes to light it's like whatever but there's other things where I like especially especially me and like I say it might be it's definitely a personal thing where I don't I don't have, when I'm sharing things I don't understand to put a preface on like this is really like serious mm-hmm. I don't think anybody does when especially when they're sharing something passionately and emotionally I can't I don't know how much weight it's having on me until it comes back up me like. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. why I usually outsource it like therapy and whatnot. But mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely men could be cool. more. You could share more. You it's could cool. be more open. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I try. I try my best. I not t- you. Not oh. just you. Just speaking. Oh, all the guys. You know, I think that that's the only reason why. That's the only reason why. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm talking to all the guys. Wait, whoa, fudge. <laughs> hey, all the guys. To all the guys do better do better <laughs> share more that's what i was trying to say. say share more and yeah like let it out i will say that i'll, I'll leave it on this um 
Don't be afraid. It's easier said than done, but you do have to give people the benefit of the doubt. On both ends. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that's the middle ground. I feel like men personally don't, they're not, they, they can't afford they don't they can't emotionally afford to give somebody the benefit of the doubt in situations like that because they get i feel like women they can't don't afford get hurt. to yeah women don't get hurt no no, no. as much I, I, not as much i feel like this it's a sad reality but i feel like women are more i don't want to say this wrong but it might come out wrong it's okay go for it i feel like from my personal life i feel like it's a sad reality my like my mom was more um understanding and okay with dealing with like the emotional letdown and i feel like men just have not men are not okay with that like yeah can't can't that's what i said when i mean they can't afford yeah. it like they can't afford to mm. be let down in that way so they just don't instead mm. of like giving someone the opportunity it's like yeah no nah, I'm, I'm not even gonna give you the opportunity because oh i see what you mean so that emotional resilience yeah. is probably not quite well developed enough. Because I can't, some people can't like, you know, tell you something. Mm-hmm. Especially in a world where you were never really allowed to be like that as a, you know, as a gendered group. Like all uh, in all of society and history, we've been women have been allowed to grieve. You know, we've at least been able to process difficult emotions in a more open and expressive way than men have been allowed. And so I get that it's, you know, that disappointment is more difficult to deal with and difficult to express. So we could definitely give men more of the benefit of the doubt in that regard. I can definitely understand yeah. that. Yeah. Not to mention, like, said, social media. You know, you get yeah. men are getting blasted when they, during breakups more often than not now. I feel like everybody's getting blasted for everything. I mean, yeah, but. But you think men more, more, it's like the yeah, vulnerability. I, I don't know. A lot of time when a guy's done with a girl, he won't go. I mean, there's, there was the, definitely the, you know, the, the, the revenge porn. That there was is big. the revenge porn. That, that, that's a big thing men would do for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on the other side, there's like, there's like the, you know, go, you know, women be broken up with or they, you know, get cheated on and, Granted, people are justified to make their own decisions, but then they go and blast that man's whole personal insecurities to the world, and mm-hmm. now he's felt he has to deal with that shit. So, as I say, it's it's a it's a it's a weird landscape, but it's well, it's cool. Yeah, I think when you become those are more people, by the way, when you become more emotionally aware, you can catch those instances before you get hurt. <laughs> she was she already had a red flag, bro. She cut she cussed out your mama, bro. So I'm what saying, what do you expect her to do? Not go on Facebook and tell you about your life. Men, men are out here with a bunch of blocked heart chakras and I need y'all to do some heart chakra work. Okay. <laughs> Giving y'all some uh, energetic prescriptions out here in homework. Cause okay. yeah, I think it, I don't think it's impossible for men to become more emotionally resilient. Um, but I do empathize and hear you on, on that. It's, it's not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it, it's, it takes a lot of work, but it's pretty cool. But we're getting there. But guys, okay. Is there anything else you want to touch on? No. <laughs> Sorry. Like, no, nah, I'm okay. I said it all, all uh, my according notes. to my notes. <laughs> what about the backs? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> uh, for my YouTube. <laughs> but, okie dokie, guys. Appreciate you guys. Um, I, don't even know how to, I don't even know how to end this. It was a good conversation. I really had a good time. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. 
Oh, drop your thoughts too. I want to know from listeners if they agreed or disagreed with anything we said. Yeah, tell me what. Yeah, tell me how you guys feel about the dating landscape. Mm -hmm. Whether that be on social media, Instagram, uh, at woozy underscore Logue Junior, um, at Hey Professor B on Instagram. Hit 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 either one of us up. Send some some comments or whatnot. Um, on the YouTube channel, mm -hmm. I do want to. I definitely want to hear what it's looking like out there. Cause I, you know, we only yeah. have our worldview. Right, right. I'm really curious. So hopefully we get some comments, some good stuff. But yeah, guys, this is the, this is the Special Friends podcast, and yep. we out of here. We out. Peace. Peace.